As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hello, this is Amy. Hey, Amy, it's Amanda. Hello. I am recording now. All right, Amy, so it is about 3.30 on Monday afternoon. What's your story tonight? My big story is, is he in or out? It's time for a new beginning without Morales. No justice! No peace! He knows the city. He knows the departments. He knows the men. He is backed by the union and is an excellent leader. we back to the same whole thing. Nothing is going to change as long as he is in office. Um, I feel like we've been cheated again. Milwaukee Police Chief Alfonso Morales is fighting to keep his job, defending how he holds officers accountable and his response to recent protests. But that's not the only fight the city's police department is battling. It looks like what happened last night was just the beginning. Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire. Brian Polson is on assignment. Today is Tuesday, July 21st. But we actually recorded this episode last night. We talked to Fox 6 reporter Amy DuPont as she covered a meeting about the fate of Milwaukee Police Chief Alfonso Morales. Let's pick up where we left off at the beginning of the episode, just a few hours before that meeting. The FPC, Fire and Police Commission, is meeting tonight at 6 o'clock to really discuss Chief Alfonso Morales' future. Uh, They have received some complaints from members of the public. Those are part of this official file. Now, there's one item on the resolution or on the agenda, and it's a resolution to vote and issue directives to the chief. We do not know what those directives will be. We do not know whether the FPC has enough support to pass this resolution. But there are a lot of people in the community, supporters of the chief, that are fearful that the Fire and Police Commission are going to vote to terminate him. So just moments ago, a press conference wrapped up at the Milwaukee Police Association. There were a couple of local state representatives. Uh, The president of the union was there. Also, former Milwaukee Sheriff David Clark was there as well, all speaking on behalf of the chief. making their case for why the FCP should leave him alone. He's a great man, an even better leader in the city. For heaven's sakes, they just gave him a new contract. Give him a chance to work the damn thing, for heaven's sakes. But we're talking about raw power politics right now, and it's an ugly thing for the entire city of Milwaukee. Basically, their feeling is we haven't given enough time They haven't given the chief enough time to make good on the promises he's made and to make the city a safer place. Uh, They did acknowledge that have there been mistakes made at MPD? Yep. And the union president had said that's all of their faults. It's not just one person, but they don't want the chief to be the fall man. And that is what they're afraid of is going to happen tonight. For people who haven't been following along, 
What is the Fire and Police Commission, or FPC as we often call it, and what do they do? Sure. It's a group of citizens uh, that are on this board, and basically their job is to oversee the department and take care of any complaints, any citizen complaints, any criminal complaints made against officers. They do their investigations and decide who should be punished and how. And then what led up to this decision? I know we've seen protests in Milwaukee, to be sure, as we've seen protests across the country, but Milwaukee has hardly been the hottest of the hot spots for protests. Well, Amanda, it really depends on who you ask, right? So we did review the two letters in the folder that was by citizens written to the FPC, um, John Larry was one of the gentlemen wrote a letter on his own and in his complaint is that the chief has overreacted to protests with violence and that's an overreaction and then there's another group called the people's revolution and this is a pretty substantial size group in milwaukee they came together after the death of george floyd and their main beef so to speak with the chief is that he did not fire officer michael mattioli now back in april mattioli hosted a party in his home there was some type of struggle, and a man by the name of Joel Acevedo was killed in Michael Mattioli's home. No, Mattioli has been charged. Uh, he's going through the court process. The chief did not fire Mattioli immediately. He was waiting to do his investigation and hold a hearing. The FPC jumped in and took charge of that case. So now they are the only agency that can punish Mattioli or fire him. And that has been a big, big issue among the people's revolution that that Chief Morales did not do enough. Now, if you ask Morales' supporters, they're going to tell you that the calling for termination of the chief comes down to Stephen DeVogus, and he is the chair of the FPC. I just heard from the union president saying that he believes DeVogus and the chief had some kind of falling out, and this is all because of him, that he is pushing for this, for the chief to be terminated. Well, and for people who might not be familiar, in Wisconsin, it's actually very difficult to terminate an officer while there is a pending investigation. Over the last several years, there have been pushes to make those investigations happen faster so you don't have people staying on payrolls for these long periods of time. But in certain cases, we should point out that sometimes the chief's hands are tied. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely a process that's laid out, and then that officer can appeal the decision, and it can go on for a significant amount of time. And that's out of the chief's hands. That's just the way our justice system works. And I I think it's pretty fair to say that that's not the only group that we can say, you know, the wheels of justice turn slowly. That's how our process works. And Amy, you mentioned earlier, the agenda item for tonight is, um, I'll use the polite word and call it vague, right? They're talking about issuing directives to the chief. No one really knows what that means. So what is the significance of tonight? Because I feel like there's been a lot of buildup to this over the weekend. Right, because they had a closed-door session with Chief Morales, the FPC did last week. No one would talk about what was said after that. And then after that meeting, they filed uh, notice of this special session is what they're calling it for tonight. You're right. Directives is incredibly vague. We spoke uh, over the weekend with a former public uh, information officer for the Milwaukee Police Department. She explained it as an ultimatum, like you do this or else. And she said most chiefs aren't going to like that because that's what they do to their rank and file officers. They set the tone. They set the standards. They enforce those standards. But that's just one person's opinion. We have not heard from the FPC, and Chief Morales has not weighed in on what the possible directives could be. But again, 
it was very clear at the press conference this afternoon that the Milwaukee Police Association, the union, is fearful that the FPC is going to ask the chief or they're going to push for him to be terminated. Now, can they do that? What's the process like? Can the chief appeal? Those are things that we are still trying to figure out right now. And of course, we can't even start that journey until we figure out what, until what happens later tonight at that six o'clock meeting. Well, and like you said, that meeting starts in just a few hours. So we'll be checking in with you throughout the night and you'll keep us updated on what happens. Yeah, I did reach out to both Chief Morales and Mayor Tom Barrett. Mayor Tom Barrett will not be at the meeting. Um, His spokesperson said she does expect him to issue a release. Didn't promise me one, but it's expected. I have not heard back yet whether Chief Morales will be there. It is a virtual-only meeting, and they sent a, a notice out to the media that only 10 people are allowed in that area and it sounds like they're not even going to save room for any media so we'll be watching it from the you know cable station that the city broadcasts their meetings on just like all of you Um, there are some people that are talking about showing up at city hall to either you know support the chief or support the 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 resolution to fire him or the push for that. And and so those are all things we're going to have a couple of reporters out tonight so that we can make sure we have eyes and ears in the places where they need to be so we can share with all of you at home what's going on. And that's an important point because typically these meetings would happen in person. So even when the meeting's over, we have the opportunity to chase people down, ask follow-up questions, get clarification. Your job's a little harder tonight, Amy, because you're not in a position to do that. Absolutely. I can't stop someone from leaving a meeting if they're not at the meeting. You know, so it has been incredibly challenging to get people to talk to us because everyone, you know, is attending these meetings from home and, you know, we're not we're not showing up in their living room tonight. Um, We're trying to be professional and, and do it the right way, but it has been incredibly challenging. And I'm really curious to see what happens when people come to this meeting, when regular citizens come and they're turned away. I can only imagine how that's going to handle play out tonight, but we'll be on that story as well. All right, Amy, we'll check in with you soon. Thanks. Yeah, see you soon. Hello, this is Amy. Hey, Amy, it's Amanda. Hey, um, can I retract really quick and then um, I can call you right after that? Sounds great. Thanks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I get it. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, Amy. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm I'm feeling a little bit better that I just got through that night. (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, Are you recording? Uh, One second. I am recording. All right, Amy. So it's just after 9 p.m. What happened? It's been an eventful night, Amanda. So before the meeting even started, there were a number of protesters, both those supporting the chief and his critics outside of City Hall. Now, the City Hall was locked at five o'clock. Members of the media, we were inside. We got there early because we were told there'd be limited seating in the hearing room. Well, it turned out they didn't allow anyone inside the hearing room other than the FPC and some staff, as well as the chief, his attorney, and some other members of his executive team. So people began pounding, and I'm not exaggerating, pounding on the doors, demanding to get inside. There was no way for the chief to go through the front door, so they brought him in through a basement tunnel up an elevator and then directly into the FPC hearing room. 
The actual meeting lasted less than a half hour, and if the chief thought he faced some tough criticism from folks standing outside of City Hall, it got worse for him inside. The executive director of the Fire and Police Commission, her name is Griselda Aldrete, she read off a laundry list of the things that they said the chief wasn't doing, most of it communicating with the FPC and complying with their requests. She read those off and went immediately into their list of directives, 11 separate directives and of course under each one there are a number of things the chief must comply with everything from you know attending all the fpc meetings if he can't he has to put in writing why in a certain number of days ahead of time um, and get someone to take his place he has to turn over open records requests to members of the FPC, even if the case is under investigation. So like when we make those requests, they'll say, hey, we're not releasing that video. We're not releasing those reports until we're done with the investigation. The FPC is saying, we want that before you're done. We want it now. Um, other thing, letting them see the methodology he uses to do promotions, um, finding out if he's doing a good job of managing overtime, um, copying the executive director on every single email email he sends out. A lot of it, I mean, it's complete oversight of his committee. Again, the big thing is turning over reports and video before cases are closed. And some of the deadlines for these complying with these directions are coming up as soon as August 4th. So the chief leaving the meeting said, hey, I have a statement, but it's coming from my attorney. That's all we heard from him. His attorney, Frank Gimble, took over, gave a statement. He said he's never seen anything like this. He's a former member of the FPC. He says it's very aggressive, and he said it's hard to believe it's not personal or political. He also claimed that the FPC is doing this because they're trying to distract the community from kind of the dirty laundry that's going on inside. They have big problems of their own, he said. As we know, the chairman of the FPC... Uh, Stephen DeVogus is going to be, there's an investigation into some of his ethics in a case that's going back a couple of months now. So that was, was what he was referring to, although when we followed up and asked him specifically, are you talking about the chairman? He said, you know, I'll let you guys figure that out. So the chief and his team told us today that they will comply with the directives that they can, but he did say they're going to review those and they will comply with the directives that they find legitimate and warranted. Other interesting note, Attorney Gimbel said that the chief has already complied with a number of directives. When Executive Director Aldretti came out of the meeting, first she said no comments, and we kind of chased her down and said, hey, you need to talk to us. Like, you just issued a lot of directives to the chief. Speak with us. Um, she said the board had uh, made its ruling that this was absolutely not personal. Uh, she pointed out the fact that she's about done with her term. She's not going to do a second term and that she just wants the city to be in a better, safer spot when she leaves FPC. When asked whether the chief had complied with a number of those directives, she kind of stumbled a bit and then finally said no comment, got in the elevator and got out of there. So again, all done in about 30 minutes. And now we just wait and see. The chief, I think, is going to issue a written statement. We have not received that yet. We also haven't seen a full text of those 11 directives. And Amanda, she didn't take a breath. I mean, she boom, 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 down the line, read those off. So it'll be interesting to read the full text and get a more precise kind of listing of exactly what is included. Uh, she did say during the meeting, as part of the testimony, that 
directives given to the chief must be complied with unless they are overruled by the mayor. I did reach out to the mayor's office earlier today. They believed they would be issuing a statement. We have not received one from them yet. So again, the chief must comply with 11 directives is issued by the Fire and Police Commission, the earliest deadline coming up here on August 4th. If he doesn't, he faces possible demotion or termination. And directives are pretty rare occurrences when we're talking about the Fire and Police Commission, right? Yeah, again, the Morales' attorney had said, who, by the way, he's a former member of the Fire and Police Commission, had said he hasn't seen anything like this in many, many years, and that was because there was a claim, a very serious claim by a former chief that uh, minorities were not receiving due promotions when they were due them, and that's the last time he has seen something like this. Again, he's saying that this is kind of like a distraction to problems within the FPC and and says it's, uh, again, hard to not to believe it's not political or personal. Well, and so to give people an idea of the state of Milwaukee policing right now, we have a fire and police commission, the oversight body whose chair is accused of ethics violation, whose executive director is stepping down, and we don't really know what her replacement is going to be, and she's come under her own share of criticism. We have a chief who's basically been given what it sounds like amounts to a a final ultimatum. And then this is all as we're having a national conversation about race and policing and use of force. That's a lot going on at the same time. It is. And we flat out asked Attorney Gimbel, is the chief the fall guy? And he said yes. Um, He did say, you know, under the First Amendment, the public has absolute right to criticize the chief and to protest. But he said that he does not believe that they know all the facts, that they're missing a lot of details and transparency that would change their feelings towards Chief Morales. You mentioned that the FPC said that they feel like Chief Morales hasn't been listening to them. And I know people weren't exactly being forthcoming when you were asking them questions, Amy, but did you get a sense of what specifically they were referring to when they were saying they felt ignored or they felt like the chief was brushing them off? Yes, they listed a number of examples. Um, One that folks at home would probably be pretty familiar with is the arrest of activist Von Mays. They want a full report and video of everything leading up to his arrest and how it went down. Um, That was one. There was also an old officer-involved shooting case um, that they wanted information on that. Um, They had complained that uh, about face masks when it comes to the pandemic, that you can't just, you know, ask people to do it at roll call. You need to publicly put out kind of your directive, the chief's own directive, uh, you know, mandating and then enforcing that among his officers. Um, There was some criticism about his response to some numbers they asked about with 911 calls. Um, It it was a laundry list, and I could not believe how quickly she went from, you know, from kind of their issues into the directives. And then they, uh, Chair DeVogus asked if there were any questions. No one had a question. They seconded the motion. They approved it unanimously, adjourned the meeting, and boom, they were out. The chief just sat there and, and listened to it all. They didn't ask him if he had any questions or anything to say. He sat there. They read through their list, approved it and got out of there. I know tonight was a whirlwind, especially, you know, we're talking about uh, 
closed off meetings and protesters banging on the door. And I know when we were texting at one point, you said you had to get out of there through a secret tunnel. Once you yeah. once you have a sense to take a, a time to take a deep breath and, and process all of this, what are your next questions? What are you looking for? Oh, I want to see the document that lists all the directives in detail. I want to see that and go through each and every one and go back to those specific cases that they're asking for video and reports from. That's what I want. Um, and I also want to know, uh, I think a, a question for us journalists that we need to find out is you have the chairman of the FPC. There's an investigation into his ethics. Will that affect the directives and should it? Right? I mean, this is a group that's policing the police uh, over ethics and morals. Who's policing them? And when you find out if the chairman is found guilty, should that or will that have an effect? on what goes on in the future with Chief Morales. Well, and part of the issue there is that the Fire and Police Commission does not have its own ethics code, right? Which is a little ironic when you think about it. Right. The city employees do, but the FPC members do not. Isn't that something? It is. I, I you know, I have uh, not really, Brett Lemoyne has taken over that part of this story. And, and when I saw the notes coming from his meeting, uh, I, there was a moment I paused to say, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, so again, that is my next question for the executive director of the FPC. Amy, I was watching my inbox tonight and I saw that we got a press release from a group of common council members. Now, Milwaukee Common Council is separate from the Fire and Police Commission, but certainly these are still powerful local elected leaders. What do they have to say about this whole situation? Yeah, so the statement was not from the full Common Council, but it was from a handful of members, and they weighed in and said it's time for a new chief. Uh, It sounds like the Fire and Police Commission has the support of a handful of folks on the Common Council. And so the headline of the statement is, We Can Do Better. They support the strong directives. They hope the chief's response is positive, prompt, and transparent. They go on to say, we need a leader who will unite, not divide our city. Someone who will work closely with us to uh, reallocate funds to improve our city health and safety. A person invested in building peace and making Milwaukee welcome for all. So we have the union backing the chief, and then we have certain common council members saying, hey, it's, it's time to move on here. Yeah, a handful of common council members. Alderman Barkowski, though, he did issue his own statement uh, today in support of the chief and and said that he's done a fine job and that he should continue to do his job. So uh, there are some mixed feelings on the common council. This isn't an issue that they are totally united on. I can't think of the last issue they were totally united on, Amy. So none of that comes (laughs) as (laughs) as a complete shock. Well, thanks for keeping us posted tonight, Amy. I know we're going to have a lot more stories about this, and I feel like we end every conversation with you by saying we'll probably have you on the podcast again soon, (laughs) Um, and I'm sure that won't be any less true this time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks. We are going to continue bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID-19 pandemic, unrest, protests about policing in Milwaukee. If there's a topic you want us to discuss, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email at theinvestigators at fox.com. 
That's The Investigators at Fox.com. Thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't done that already. You can find it wherever you do your podcast listening. Thanks once again for listening to Open Record. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire, and Brian and I will be back with our next regularly scheduled episode on Thursday. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.